Welcome to Beyond a Parent, the podcast for Christians seeking clarity for parenting in a confusing world. I'm Chuck Mead. Hey, I'm Jeremy Autry. And we also have a special guest, and his name is... Darren Wayne Hughes. Darren Wayne. Darren Hughes is with us. Uh, this isn't the first time he's been with us, right, Jeremy? It's not. I, don't, I remember he's been, with he's us been before. here before. What did we talk about last time? Adoption? I think so. Yeah, yeah I think so. Maybe multiple episodes. You were with us another one, maybe. Sure. Maybe the most regular guest we've ever had. I don't know. Either way, I think that's James I'm, still right now. Just close in proximity, you know. Mm-hmm. Possibly. But we are continuing our discussion that we have been on for a couple really couple episodes already, which is based on the research, what were contributing factors that um, kids growing up in a Christian home in church, what led them to what were common habits that contributed to the reality that they are still um, following Jesus, that they are serving in the church, and what was present in their lives, in their homes. This episode is brought to you by Lifeway Research Group. We keep saying that. They should sponsor us, but it's okay. But this episode is on music. Why, Jeremy? What would music have to do Uh, with um, a kid's development? According to the research in that book, what style is not the right word. Genre is probably not even the right word. It's more about... The topic, the focus of the music, and more importantly, the lyrics of the Mm -hmm. music. In the research, um, they found a correlation between the listening habits of kids uh, and families. If they listen to primarily Christian music, um, there's a a higher chance that they would grow up to be active Christians, you know, participating in the the church and serving God. Work for my parents. Work for your parents, yeah. yeah. What would you define as Christian music, Darren? Hmm. I think uh, songs that, or music that glorifies God. Now, that could look different. That could be songs to God, singing about His attributes, how you worship Him for that. But it could also be songs about your life from a Christian perspective. Okay. And how He should be living out the Christian life through us. Would you say that primarily the deciding factor is lyrical? That it's more about the words. I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know there's so many different opinions on this. This mm-hmm. is actually very, can be in some circles controversial because some people will say, oh, the beat, there's Christian beat <laughs> or yeah. or um, melody and there's significant differences. Or that there's something non-Christian about certain instruments or about certain effects that could be on an instrument. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not the point we're making with this. I guess the stance that we're taking would be if the music has lyrics, words that make a point that glorifies God. And I would say in our culture today, it's even especially where we're at, it's very common to think of, while it's a wide spectrum, the genre of Christian music, whether that be gospel, whether that be praise and worship, whether that be Christian contemporary. It's a wide variety, but people can at least identify their stations dedicated to Christian music. So people would kind of understand, yes, this song would fit into the genre of Christian music, wouldn't you say? So here's what the research showed that there's a difference or there is listening to certain music is a contributing factor to a kid's spiritual development. Now, Jeremy, would we have any uh, a biblical basis for this? What would we look to for scripture as uh, an argument for this? 
there's a lot of scripture that talks specifically about music. You know, um, the book of Psalms is the first Christian songbook mm-hmm. and the importance of worshiping through music. Uh, Ephesians 5 actually speaks directly to this. It tells us um, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so the concept, you know, the command really for Christian songs, spiritual songs to be part of our everyday life and mm-hmm. part of our communication. And there's probably a lot to be made out of that concept of speaking to yourselves. You know, the idea of using a song to speak truth to yourself and to each other. Yeah. So, Darren, is there anything that comes to your mind as you, with part of your role being leading our church in worship and in leading our church to sing? And what what do you see as far as blessings and the significance of singing praises to God as a part of the Christian life? It affects your perspective on life. You know how you, how you view everything. I have so many thoughts on all of this. There are um, good, solid Christian lyrics within any any genre of Christian music. Mm-hmm. There are there are strong hymns. There are some hymns that aren't so great. There's a strong Strong uh, songs you would hear on K-Love, and there are some that are just, uh, kind of mm-hmm. fluff. This episode is brought to you by K-Love. <laughs> it was actually his radio, probably. <laughs> no, no. So there's good and bad in all of it. Um, but I think even passively listening, um, that those those thoughts, the, the, the uh, theology taught in those songs, or conveyed in those songs, or the perspective taught in those songs, uh, get into... Our psyche, I guess, if you will, mm. just like it would if you were only listening to secular music. Somebody may say, "Oh, I'm only listening to it because I love the way the song sounds. Mm-hmm. It's all about the music. It's not about what it's saying." And I get that. And sometimes we don't even know what what the lyrics are saying, but that still gets in our brains, in our conscious subconsciousness, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I didn't grow up in church, and um, I love music. I love all kinds of music and lots of genres and. Um, it's amazing to me how many lyrics I can just accidentally recall mm. without even thinking about it. You Commercials. Know? And somebody just says a word or a phrase and a song from the past comes rushing into my head that contains that word or phrase or something similar to it. And without thinking about it, there's all those lyrics, you know, songs from the 80s come, mm-hmm. come flying back in. So mm-hmm. there's real truth to even if we're not consciously trying to absorb and memorize these lyrics they're just something about the way god created us in music mm-hmm. and how it works and how it gets into us you know and then it's there the poetry of it the mm-hmm. rhythm of it the melodies like uh, it's it's a great tool for us to like uh, to learn the truths of god's word through some songs and remember uh, them, yeah, too. Th- that we wouldn't just by reading. Mm-hmm. It, unfortunately, well, and I know that's why when I've uh, memorized Bible verses and things like that, a lot of times what people do is to help them remember it, put it to a song, right? And there's songs that I learned in the Christian school, like learning passages of scripture that they put to a song or rhythm that I still remember because they did that. Yeah. There's value on that for sure. It's funny too how uh, music will actually bring you back to a time, like remind mm-hmm. you. And and I'm thinking across the board too when I hear a different song from like 
early 2000s rock or pop i'm like man i remember middle school that was great you know and like when we were in high school rock. together yeah. darren yeah. so um backstreet <laughs> but at the same time music that may be christian music that maybe we listen to when we are going through certain trials or certain moments in our lives can bring us back and remind us what god was doing in that moment um, it's powerful, that's for sure. So what would you guys say um, could be some objections? Because obviously this is Christian families listening to this, more than likely. And maybe they're like, I haven't really just listened to a lot of Christian music. Or what do you think some objections are to listening to Christian music regularly in the home? That the music is subpar? That could be an argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or that it's not my thing. You know what I mean? Um, and which is true in every other category of music, secularly, mm-hmm. that some of it might be considered subpar or that it might not be your thing. And music is so subjective and it's so much about preferences, mm-hmm. you know, um, that that's an easy out for someone who's looking for an out mm-hmm. as to why they're not listening to Christian music. Especially in our context in the rural South, you know, there's going to be more fans of country music, and most of our options in Christian music, at least on the radio, are going to be more pop oriented. So mm. you're like, oh, my country music is my thing, and I don't hear a version of that uh, in, a Chris, in the Christian world. Would there's you say there. there there are some? It's there, though. just not as readily available. Mm-hmm. And that's true for a lot of other genres. You know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. This is the episode where we convince people to listen to Christian rap. But there are yeah. real people who love God and are born again who are making rap music. Right. And, uh, and that's not readily available on the Christian radio either. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's the beautiful thing of living in 2024 because yeah. it's not hard. This episode is brought to you by Spotify. <laughs> or YouTube. Yeah. I mean, it's there, and it's not hard to find. It's different than when, um, even when Chuck was a teenager mm-hmm. and... And growing up and and choosing music, it's a lot easier to find stuff out there. It just takes some legwork. Well, and I've heard a lot of sharp criticism, too, that most of contemporary Christian music is just like, uh, Jesus is my girlfriend's songs. Like, just where it's just these more more love-based, not that there's anything wrong with them, but that they're not as... Deep. Not as deep or for, like, men to listen mm. to. Like... They're like, I don't want to look like this seems like way too uh, fluffy for me. And just like what you said, it might be more of a pop vibe. The algorithm is for a soccer mom in her mid 30s. Okay. And there's a name. I forget. It's not Karen. There's a name that that this algorithm goes by for, you know, radio programmers. Probably Margie. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. (laughs) So you would say that is an objection, but. The rebuttal to that objection would be do some digging and you can find some solid Christian music that would fit maybe your preferred uh, genre, whether that be rap or country or more. I don't know. Choir. Yeah, choir type. Hey, I do love the choir. Hey, uh, my brother in his early 20s says my most listened to artist on Spotify or whatever platform he uses is the Central Baptist Church Choir. This episode good is brought brother. to you by the Central Baptist Church Choir. That's from Jerry. <laughs> it's good. Good go, Jerry. You're yes. the man. So that's an objection. What would be maybe some other 
um, other objections other than just don't really feel like it. I love my specific genre. That they may just see it as background noise. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. They're not really paying attention to what what the song's saying. Yeah, yeah. So then when we get into making this be a part a habit, a part of our daily lives. There's parents who are like, hey, I want to make this uh, part of our family. I want to expose my kids to more um, Christian music. What would be some advice you would give some parents in beginning that, making that more of a, maybe more like a discipline at first? Just uh, play it, have it playing, Christian radio or Christian Christian music, whatever uh, form you can get it in through streaming or whatever in your car in your home. Uh, Margie, my wife, homeschools and says she can tell the differences when she's gotten ahead of things, gotten Christian music, worship music playing, and whatever in in the house as the kids are getting up. There's a difference in how that day progresses. Mm. I'm I'm realizing this, Jeremy. Now is so I'll say what what my number one artist is. It's not an explicitly Christian artist. It's Al City. Yeah. That's right. But mm, this well, episode all, is for you, Chuck. It is. First of all, Al City's one guy, for those of you who thought yep. it was a whole city made up of Al's. But Al City, the guy, mm. is, a, is a professor yeah. Christian. And, and does some Christian music. He does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But a lot of his his album his albums may have a few um, explicitly, like, this is very much a Christian song. Um, not explicit, like the E. Yeah, like, you keep saying bad. explicit, and I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> yes, yeah, no, yeah. not that Stop way. using that word. <laughs> We're going to get banned. The They're going to put an E beside our podcast. No, yeah. the reason I bring it up is I'm even recognizing with my four-year-old son, he loves that music and will ask for it over and over again. Mm. And then even just today, I'm like, hey, you know what? Like, Let's cool off on the Owl City and let's play some Getty Kids hymnal, which mm. is by Keith and Kristen Getty, and they have hymns. This episode is brought to you by Keith and Kristen. Of course, Getty. of course, and um, and he like does not want it at first, and maybe is a little bit mad because it's not what he wanted originally. But then after I'm playing it, he's just going on doing whatever, doing his puzzles or whatever he's doing, and then start singing along with it. So it may be a fight at first mm-hmm. with our kids of. I don't want to listen to this. I want to listen to my whatever their top song is of the day or artist. A couple of thoughts that popped in my head while you were saying that. First of all, in 2024, which maybe this was true in the 80s and 90s, you know, when I was an adolescent. But um, it's the era of the earbud. It's the era Mm -hmm. of I'm listening to my music right now it's the yep. era of our teens sitting in the living room watching tv with one earbud in and music is just constant mm-hmm. um and really i mean i guess it's been that way for teenagers since 45s and big headphones were a thing but there's a lot of just them independently listening to music True. um so there probably needs to be if you're a parent you need to think through that if you're riding in the car Hey, let's experience music together. Hmm. This is an art form. I want us uh, not a point of contention, not a fight. I'm asking you to yeah. enjoy this with me. You know, and and yep. not pick your battles isn't the right terminology. I almost said that, but come at it so that it's not a battle. It's a request. Mm-hmm. Um, and and ingest music and talk about it together and enjoy it together. And then the second thing that just popped into my head, and maybe this is a little bit off subject, but I am an admitted lover of secular music like i listen and have 
you know, for my whole life listened to secular music. But the truth is, um, I listen to stuff now that I listened to when I was a teenager and I blush and I can't believe the, the things that were normalized and that were played on the radio and that, you know, we just sang along and, and we knew what we were singing about. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, it didn't, the lyrics didn't just wash over us and it, but it was, you know, it was a cool song and it's scary to think that we're putting that out there for our kids because it's, it sounds cool. It's got a cool riff to it or it's, it's a fun song and we're normalizing things and we've got this voice now speaking into them saying, Hey, this is okay. Mm-hmm. When we know it's not, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to get too specific in details, but stuff that we just will allow it because it's part of a cool song and it's pop culture and, you know, and, and I'm not saying I think we need to do away with all secular music. I'm not going home and doing that. But as I'm thinking through it, I see some of the real clear and present dangers in just normalizing this sinful thinking Mm -hmm. for our kids because it has a cool song. It has cool music playing while it's being done. Right. And maybe it's just, okay, if that song is something, you know, our kids are listening to, or we hear on the radio or hear when we're out having that conversation with our kid of, Hey, we, you do realize what they're singing about is not something we should promote this lifestyle or whatever their their choices or maybe put, putting it in l- seeing that song and the lyrics through a gospel lens of hey like this is where brokenness leads you like this is where uh, a life without Christ will lead you it's not you know on a path that glorifies God or brings satisfaction or anything I mean not that every secular song has to have a sermon attached to it but just brief conversations what would you say about that Darren I was thinking that very thing with your first point and uh, just ask to listen to or, or see lyric look at lyrics to the songs they're listening to because yeah they are listening with earbuds and you're not hearing it but obviously the same thing with TV with movies But it opens the door to have those conversations. What's Mm -hmm. the message of this? What's wrong about this? What's right about this? There was some song uh, um, one of my kids was listening to, and it was it was a sweet song. It was a love song, but it was you know one of those typical sappy love songs Mm -hmm. where I can't live without you. Um, But we don't want to find our uh, identity and whether or not we can Mm. exist as a human being, whether or not we have this girlfriend or boyfriend in our lives, right? And uh, just. Even though that's mild, um, but it's still flawed. And, yeah, uh, there's room for discussion. There. That's good. That's just the difference between passive and active listening. And yeah. we've mm-hmm. talked about that with what we watch, but the same goes with what we listen it's to. It's everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. you. There's no realm. There's no area of life that we just get to coast and not think about it. You know, media, uh, phone usage, all the different things that we've covered. We you don't get to just take your hands off the wheel and. And coasting in the area, music is the same. It'd be yeah. nice. you know, it's true for that. Yeah, but you don't, you know? It's <laughs> mm-hmm. the day to day grind of parenting. Yeah. It's like frying chicken, you know, mm-hmm. you can't walk away from it. You got to be there paying attention all the time, even though the grease is popping and burning your arm. All mm. oh, that'll preach right there. Mm. Amen, right there. <laughs> I'm hungry now. <laughs> Me too. So with the um, with this mu- this episode being on music, what would be maybe some music? Just like what Christian music is at the top of your <laughs> listening right now? If you could just share, like, hey, here's here's what I'm listening to right now. Oh, I don't listen to much music because I because of what I do in my profession. I'm always having to listen to music to learn music. So right. a lot of times I'm riding down the road, road listening to nothing. Uh, just to get a break, or, just to get some yeah, silence. Yeah. yeah. But because I knew you were going to ask this question, <laughs> I 
I was thinking along the lines of the various genres of, mm-hmm. of Christian music. And um, it's important. I think uh, most of us think we think Christian music, we think K-Love. Not that there's anything wrong with K-Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's good and there's okay. Uh, and, and I'm not endorsing every song by any artist I will mention, mm-hmm. nor, nor, nor do I know every song by, by every artist I'm going to mention. But if you're more along the more uh, hymn-like you mentioned the Gettys, Keith and Kristen Getty, Shane and Shane, Matt and Matt, Matt Boswell, Matt, Matt Papa. Yep, those guys. Um, I think if if you're really into more of the uh, musicals, uh, Broadway, uh, there's a Christian movie that just came out a few months ago called Journey to Bethlehem. The music mm. is stellar in it, and really? it's, it's right at the. I need to listen to it. Um, country, like old school country. There's a guy named Tim Menzies. Great stuff. His name uh, is what? Tim Menzies. Tim right, Menzies. He writes and sings the songs, mm-hmm. but they're, yeah. Yeah, you being a, what's that guy on the road? Willie Nelson fan, yeah. Should I say that? Yeah. You can they say that. They could assume I'm talking to Pastor Chuck. Yeah, yeah Pastor Chuck <laughs> loves Willie Nelson. He listened to him in uh, 2020 more, when he was in eighth grade. <laughs> yeah, he was old even then. Um, <laughs> more of a pop country sound. There's a group called The Sound. Um, Southern Gospel, I have to mention, you know, the more solid lyrics is a group called 11th Hour. Kane uh, for pop or even a slightly country music. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's some solid rock, Christian rock bands like Red and Skillet. Probably heard of POD. There's others. Wow. Yeah. But there again, I'm not saying every song is right. And there's, right. these are songs written by flawed human beings. So yes. They're not, they're not canonized scripture. That's a very good like <laughs> reminder. Is sometimes I think people can elevate Christian music artists on the same uh, platform as like a pastor or theologian, and take what like. And I n- notice this with students like this person, yes. Yeah. And it's like whoa. And then when when that artist has some issues that mm-hmm. come out later. Like, do we throw out all the songs that no, they ever, don't. you know, wrote? There's, um, we didn't throw out everything David wrote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of and murder. These days, there's a lot of worship music that's coming from particular churches, and mm-hmm. some of their theology is questioned. I could name names, but I'm not going to. Most of you know who I'm talking about. Now, that doesn't mean every song there that's put out by these churches are, are bad. Uh, you've got to have some discern- discernment with with all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's there's probably value in doing some of the same things with your kids with Christian music, yep. talking through the lyrics, and yep. let's discuss: is there something here we disagree with, or yeah. is this something that could mean something different than what we think it does? You know, there's not every there's hymn is perfect. That. Not every right. hymn is perfect. Right. Every psalm is perfect. That is true. Which and that's one thing that Shane and Shane does, and mm-hmm. some other artists like City of Light. Um, they they will take psalms and things like that and sing the scriptures. Um, I've I've learned Darren like when I because I didn't grow up listening to a lot of Christian contemporary music because it was wicked. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's it's been more like a pendulum swing. So I was like rejecting a lot of the hymns. Oh, whatever. This is old school. Whatever. When I discovered Christian contemporary, and now I find myself going back and listening to like finding artists like Sovereign Grace who will do just like albums of congregational singing mm-hmm. of like songs I grew up listening mm-hmm. to in the church and it's like oh man this is so solid so good and it brings me back but also I'm able to 
see the see the beauty in it and to be able to be reminded of just God's goodness in my past and that he taught that I learned these songs sometimes when like Pastor Tom or Pastor Cameron will say no not some of only of you only some of you old people know these songs I'm like no, I know mm-hmm. these songs. I feel that way. But I like that. And even with some Southern, I've, we've gone back and forth about Southern gospel. I will turn to WCKB some days and mm-hmm. listen to those. I really do. Um, and this it episode brings, is brought to you by Good Morning Charlie. Oh, I love the Good Morning Charlie show. Where but, the collards keep burning. That's one well, thing that oh, I feel. Are you sure they're not that burning? I feel God is showing me is to appreciate go back and appreciate music maybe I was like rejecting for a season. I'm so and there's glad things, to see the growth in you. Yes, there was a day, growth. you know, when that wasn't there. That's true. Yeah. But I'm seeing it I and I'm credit. also you are a contributing factor to that. Um but that we can experience um like learn a lot from many different types of Christian music, but we gotta start somewhere. I uh just recently not too recently I guess, but uh Darren introduced me to some 70s Christian rock. Mm-hmm. So I've been listening to, I had a look of his name because I couldn't think of it, Larry Norman. Mm-hmm. He's my new favorite. Um, there's some edgy stuff in there. so Stuff they wouldn't play today. Yeah, stuff mm-hmm. stuff uh, you might want to listen to before you play it with your kids. Is he like Rich Mullins? No, he's before, like older. Larry wow. Norman. 1972. I mean, yeah. it's, it's pretty cool stuff. Older than we are. Wow. <laughs> older than some of us. <laughs> Yeah, older than both of us, sorry. Uh, Anyway, also, uh, Willie Nelson has a couple of gospel albums, one called The Troublemaker, and uh, I'm not trying to tell you to embrace Willie Nelson's theology, but I will say, if you're a country music fan, and there's a gospel song that's a solid gospel song, Mm -hmm. and Johnny Cash is singing it, it's still a solid gospel song. God used a donkey. It's true. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by... (laughs) Donkey Kong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, so I don't think that's a bad thing, you know, to listen to a version of a, of an old school country song. I mean, an old school gospel song mm-hmm. by Dolly Parton, you know? I'm okay with mm-hmm. that. Darren, do you have any other thoughts encouraging parents and making uh, listening to Christian music more of a habit in their homes? Any other thoughts? Nope, just do what it takes to make that happen. You know, play it, play it in your car, play it in your in your home. You know, find out what your kids are listening to, and then maybe investigate in your own. Find out like what might be a good Christian counterpart. You know, something that mm-hmm. sounds similar to what they're listening to. That's good. I mean, they may see it as lame, but you know, they may secretly start liking it. Yeah, I like and it. I, I, it's probably going to be this nonstop thing. You know, like well, I mean, I guess it depends on your kid and their musical taste, but. Um, I think it's, and I don't know that I've always seen or embraced the importance of it, but I think it's important. I see that it's important, and I think there are times that you have clear control, you know, and you can be playing this kind of music. At the same time, the survey doesn't say if your kid ever listens to secular music, that means they're going to walk away from Jesus. You know what I mean? So it's not, it doesn't have to be this black and white, either or, but I hope this episode's helping us think through the value of getting this in front of our kids, Um, you know, um, more than just Bible teaching, Bible reading, going to church, their own personal Bible study. Let's get some truth into their mind and heart through music and the power of music, too. That's good. And as a side note, if you're like, man, where do I start? You can just do a search for Central Baptist Church Choir. 
You can find on Spotify right there. All streaming platforms. All streaming platforms. All streaming platforms. Should we bring up Butler, Hughes, and Hayes, too? Yeah, they're there, too. This episode is brought to you by BHH Quartet. Find them on Spotify. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Beyond a Parent. Remember, parenting is beyond us, but in Christ, we have all that we need for this journey. Peace out. Say bye, Darren. Oh, bye, Darren.